back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team. No top five at five because we've got college baseball coming up at five o'clock. Ole Miss, Arkansas. Earlier today, Auburn beat Stanford six to two, but we're going to do the top five at about 440, 440 here. Take it away, Sam Hauser. Yeah, like you said, uh, we're going back to Omaha in about 20 minutes, and they are part of the top five story out of Omaha that's making somebody very, very rich. We'll get to that later on in top five at five, but we start with who's in, who's out, and since we were just talking Dodgers, we'll start there. Dustin May is in the in column for today. Dodgers pitcher Dustin May threw off the mound at Dodger Stadium over the weekend as he's continuing to make his way back from Tommy John surgery about 13 months ago now, slowly making his way back and did some some uh, mound sessions over the weekend at the stadium. And you always had heard of success stories with regard to Tommy John surgery. Now it's almost like it's a norm with a lot of these guys. I mean, guys in college, you, you hear, uh, have already had the surgery. And you're saying that in some cases, people are voluntarily now, Dustin May hurt his arm. Yeah. Uh, he was, like, on fire. I mean, he was, like, doing what Tony Gonsolin and is doing, like, this year, last year for the Dodgers and realized he, he needed surgery. But uh, to- a lot of guys getting Tommy John. Yeah, some guys, some guys do it as an elective surgery now just to get it over with and get it out of the way. It's happening younger and younger. It's, su- it's such a fascinating time for that whole procedure because... It, it's still, I mean, relatively speaking, for the history of baseball, it still wasn't that long ago that it was viewed as a death sentence. And Correct. now guys are doing it uh, just to get it out of the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and to some degree, some of them are, are thinking it's going to give them a little bit more life in their arms. Yes. Yeah. I mean, much less, you know, take, you know, possibly uh, endanger their career. They think it's going to enhance it. What else, Sam? All right. Also in uh, Boise State men's basketball, adding a transfer, they bring in big man. Mohamed Sila from University of Detroit Mercy, 6'11", 235. Some size in the front court for Boise State, but he is going to need a lot of work. He's very raw. He only played 10 games at Detroit Mercy last year. Came there from Florida Southwestern State College, so climbing up the college basketball ranks, but... Uh, the field of 64, uh, they're a, a college football or a college basketball uh, multimedia platform. Some of the the best writers and reporters around the country. They put Leon Rice in the top five for most underrated coaches in college basketball. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, he lives up to it because he's going to have some work to do. But if he can, Boise State got a literally a big one. Yeah, a big one there, and yeah, like. Raw, well, that that now we'll see what kind of a coach Leon Rice is, right? Yeah, if exactly. If he's raw and he could become something, well, then he gets credit for that. What else, Sam? Also, in it's not official yet, but we are getting one step closer to it basically being official. EA Sports NCA football, about seven eight years in the making. Now we've been begging for this to come back, and as we move forward in the in the new financial world of college sports. Looking more and more like it's going to happen, according to reporting from College Sports Insider Matt Brown, EA on track to release NCAA Football 23 next summer. And you have been... <laughs> why so giddy about this? I mean, like, you know, you got Madden out there. Why, why is this whole EA Sports thing such a... Gets you so excited. It it lives in sports video game folklore. It's just because it hasn't been around for for so long. Like there's an entire generation that's never gotten to play this game. Plus, 
it it just it, it had everything that you love about college sports. I mean, the video game itself might look pretty similar, but no other in no other sporting video game do you have an opportunity to play in the mode where the mascots are all 11 guys <laughs> on each side of the field and play the game. There's nothing better than the Syracuse Orange handing the ball off to the Syracuse Orange and going into the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, all right, and then, you know, we don't get have time to get into it now, but there's going to be, there's kind of a, a, and again, this is not official yet, but the talk is the different schools that are being part of this, there'll be a tier system uh, on how they get compensated for all this kind of stuff. I don't know if you have it handy. Yeah, we could t- go ahead. Yeah, so uh, uh, so uh, front office sports doing some of the reporting on this as we get closer to this time uh, when it you know when we're waiting for EA NCA football to come out, and so they're gonna do it. Uh, they're they're gonna do the payout system based on tiers for different teams, and it goes off of your AP top twenty five rankings over the last ten years. Uh, well, they'll use that as some kind of formula to put teams in different tiers, and that will allow for uh, different levels of, of payouts. Okay, but okay, AP Top 25, what are they going to do about the other 110 schools that aren't in the, or the other like 80 schools that aren't ever in the Top 25 uh, over the course of of the like the next five years because well anyway that's what i'm saying you yeah. know there there's we, we, we just i know that they're gonna like the the i'm sure it's just an example of the rich let's face it are going to be richer because they're the ones that are going to be probably getting paid more uh by ea sports well, whatever and, and also and it is also it's it's for the school and then the, i guess the yeah. school at that point will decide how to divvy it out among the R- players if they so choose but no no I, i'm just saying the schools that are going to benefit are the big Schools that are in the top twenty-five, the AP top twenty-five, right? right? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. And, and then I'm sure there'll be some other tier system. All right, okay. So, like I said, I, I mean that. No, that's but that's just something one we'll side come back note. to another time. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, w- there are still a lot. I mean, it, it's still early on in the details, but in terms of just the financial landscape of college sports, it is something that we will uh, have to come back to at some point All for right. sure. Well, who's out? We know who's in. Who's out? All so. right, who's out? Kenny Atkinson, Charlotte Hornets. Coaching legend, Kenny Atkinson. He accepted the job during the NBA Finals. He's an assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors. During the Finals, he accepted the job to become the next head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. Then, within about 48 hours or so after the Warriors won Game 6 to beat the Celtics, he changed his mind. He's going to stay in Golden State. So, there's been a... I've seen this name more in the last, like, week than I ever... I didn't even know who Kenny Atkinson is. Not that I'm the, the, like... This diehard NBA guy that knows not only the head coaches, the assistant coaches. So when you said legend Kenny Atkinson, tell me more. Well, I I, I mean, uh, the, the title is Charlotte Hornets coaching legend Kenny Atkinson. He'll always be in the, I, I guess maybe he'll be in the Hornets record books among uh, past NBA uh, past head coaches. Maybe I, if I, they choose to do. Uh, but. So so he he's the guy that I kind of see on the Golden State bench. That looks like Steve Kerr with a beard, kind of. Yeah, uh, I mean that's. I'm like, okay, the, yeah, it would, wouldn't surprise me that people are trying to pluck uh, assistants from Golden State to become assist, you know, head coaches because that's what happens. They, you know, they plucked them like crazy from Popovich at San Antonio. But anyway, so he's he's not going to Charlotte. He's staying in, in Golden State. I'm sure a bunch of money is being you know tossed around, even though he is an assistant coach because. Because they got it up there. All right. Uh, but the other assistant coach, Mike Brown, 
that, yeah, he he is sticking with it. He, uh, he it's sticking been, with his decision. His decision, yeah, it's been known for a, a few months now that he was going to take over the, as the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. He is sticking with that as far as we know. He'll be the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, and he's he's got to get right to work because the NBA draft is on Thursday night, and the Kings have the fourth pick. Yeah. Well, he needs to get on it. Elijah Brown's dad, of course, Mike Brown, who coached the Cavs and the Lakers, and now he's on his way to Sacramento. Real close, by the way. He probably won't even have to sell his house uh, moving up the road there from San Fran to Sacramento. What else, Sam? Also out, uh, uh, Boise State brings in a front court player from Detroit Mercy, and they need him because that now they have to officially replace Emmanuel Acott. He was in the transfer portal, not coming back to Boise State. Emmanuel Acott announcing his commitment to Memphis over the weekend. So Penny Hardaway is, head coach at Memphis. is the offseason coach of the year at this point. He's, he's got he's got Emmanuel Acott. He brought in Kendrick Davis from SMU. Memphis is having uh, Memphis having a crazy offseason. Okay, well, let's hear what he has to say about Acott, Sam. Well, so uh, as as we're as this news happens now, so so Penny Hardaway now has two 23-year-olds on his roster now, and the fir- it, it brings us back to somewhere on the midway point of last season when Memphis got off to a really slow start in the year, and Penny Hardaway was not happy about the questions he was getting asked about his slow start. I think the one thing I can say to this media, because this media gets kind of up sometimes when it comes to me, we don't have our full roster. Y'all know we don't have our full roster. Stop asking me stupid questions about if I feel like I can do something. If I had my roster like they did, then I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I'm coaching really hard. My boys are playing really hard. I'm not embarrassed about nothing. We have four freshmen starting. Y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17, 18, and 19-year-olds out here trying to learn how to play against 22, 23, and 24-year-old guys. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, don't do that. I work too hard. I work way too hard for that. Y'all write all these articles about me, and all I do is work. We got young kids on the floor. They got young kids on the floor. Well, now he's got two 23-year-olds. Yeah, probably if you can't beat them, join them, right? I mean, because Acott's 23 and Kendrick Davis, the, the the transfer from SMU, is 23. Maybe it's even some more. Maybe there's some guys on the roster uh, that weren't the freshmen that they were talking about. All right, uh, let's go to number four, Sammy. Well, speaking of the NBA draft, again, coming up on Thursday night, the Orlando Magic have been on the clock for a few months now, and according to team president Jeff Weldman, they're still undecided. Now, you always have to take that with a grain of salt because you know you, you want to keep things secret or whatever the case might be, or maybe it's real that they actually don't know who they're going to pick. So, Joe, I'm putting you on the clock. The number one pick in the draft is... I'm sticking with him. Chet Holmgren uh, out of Gonzaga. I think the only way that he is not like all just about everything in the NBA by his third or fourth year as he gets stronger is like if he has some sort of like horrible injury, which happens a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, to guys his size and and his build. I mean, uh, the only one that, you know, the other two that come to mind are are Ben Caro, right, from Duke. Yeah. He's definitely in the consideration. And then Jabari Smith from Auburn, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see him play a lot. It, Auburn had, like, you know, at different times when they were playing well, they looked like they had five lottery picks on, on that team. But I know he was the the best player, and he was probably the SEC player of the year and stuff. So, anyway, I'm just going to stick with Holmgren. 
because I just like all the different things he does. He plays within himself. You know, he's got that seven foot, like, you know, probably a seven six uh, wingspan, uh, and he knows how to do it without getting in foul trouble. Plus, like you have to nowadays, he can shoot from the perimeter, Sam. I think he's going to be a really good professional player, knock on wood, if he stays healthy. Yeah, that's that's really the biggest concern because obviously there's a lot. And of he room. hasn't had he hasn't been prone to injury. I mean, like played a ton of minutes at Gonzaga, right? Which I mean, is I'd, pretty miraculous. Those uh, those chicken legs would would worry me big time if I was uh, if I had the number one pick. But there's the upside is. Did you want like, to be too the, much the to one pass guy up. that jumps out? And you won't remember this because this was a long time ago. Was Sean Bradley? Do you remember that name? I know at the all? name. Okay, he he played for BYU, so he was playing against the Lobos in college. I believe seven foot six and, and also skilled. Uh, not like Holmgren, but he was like five inches taller than Holmgren. Uh, but a guy who um, had some decent years in the NBA. I mean, he uh, I, I remember him primarily with. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, but anyway, just had that same build that does get you a little bit worried. Also, a guy named Sam Bowie, uh, way back in the day, the guy that was picked above Michael Jordan, University of Kentucky, man. Uh, that poor guy never could stay healthy either. All right, I digress. All right, what's number three, Sam? Well, the College World Series still going strong, and we're actually going to be going back over to Omaha in little in about 10 minutes. Uh, as the action continues tonight here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. But regardless of what happens on the field, off the field in Omaha, Arkansas has been a big winner. But it's also a competition where everyone's a winner. And I'm talking, of course, about the annual Jello Shot Challenge at Rocco's Pizza and Cantina in Omaha. Tradition unlike any other that we can add to the list. At last check, uh, the Razorbacks had a comfortable lead with nearly 4,000 of these Jello uh, Jello shots purchased, Ole Miss in second, about twenty seven hundred, and then No School had more than six hundred. With uh, the fitting that they uh, lost today, when zero and two in Omaha, Stanford was at the very bottom of the list. But those things go for four fifty a piece, and you're uh, I mean, just imagine the money that's coming into this place over the span of of a week. Yeah, I was just trying to do the math in my head. So uh, this Rocco's Pizza, Pizzeria, and Cantina. So they got a little bit of the Italian going. I'm sure they've got a little bit of the Mexican going there. So they got a little bit of everything. Plus the Jello shots are a big deal. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm so impressed by how like Omaha sees this opportunity to be the place where the College World Series is every single year. The the men's College World Series, as it's known nowadays. Okay, uh, you know they it it what what an economic boost to them. I mean, it, it was just a vision that those people had that they're really monopolizing now. And um, man, it, but yeah, the the Arkansas fans. You know, it's a lot closer to Little Rock, Arkansas, to Omaha, Nebraska than I ever realized. I mean, it's, it, you know, so when these fans are showing up, it's no surprise. And, of course, they win their first game. They're uh, looking to win their second tonight when they play Ole Miss. But, anyway, how, how about that, though? Um, you know, you got, you know, SEC, SEC all the way. And so you got four of the eight teams, SEC teams, and then two of the other teams will be in the SEC in the coming years in Oklahoma and Texas. So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, at the, so Stanford has gone home. Te- University of Texas has gone, too. 
because they lost to to, to Texas A and M. Right. So, so two schools are out. Those those two schools are Texas and Stanford. All right. What is number uh, two, Sam? Two. Well, the Golden State Warriors had their championship parade in San Francisco, and when it was time for the players to talk, the the gentleman who was emceeing the event understood his place because it was time for the players to talk. He says, I'm going to just bring Draymond Green up here and get the heck out of the way. And the crowd was waiting in anticipation like Draymond was at the line trying to make a free throw to win the championship as it was his time to talk at the parade. I don't know what y'all want me to tell you. that we better than everybody? <laughs> you want from me? No, this, is, um, this has been an amazing year. Uh, I told y'all don't let us win a championship, and clearly nobody could stop it. Um, I warned y'all, so I'm just going to continue to destroy people on Twitter, as I have been, um, and Instagram stories. Uh, and so on and so forth from there. And, and he's talking <laughs> about Twitter you. and Instagram, because uh, now there's a whole... Uh, the, the beef has continued. We talked about this a little bit last week with... Uh, with, with the back and forth between Draymond and he was calling out, uh, or Clay Thompson was calling out Jaron Jackson Jr. from the Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. This is this is this continued through the entire weekend with Draymond and John Morant going back and forth at each other. Those two are back into it now because uh, and what's John ja, ja Morant's you know thought on this is like, hey, what, what do you? Why are you guys worried so much about what Jaron Jackson put on Twitter and play a play on? Let's get to the reason why there's this conflict is because the Grizzlies did what against Sam? Yeah, it was the uh, uh, they uh, they put out uh, a play on words uh, of the team or something. Yeah, yeah, they they strength stole, is in numbers. Strength, thank you, strength okay. in numbers. They stole uh, Golden State's tagline and and put it on social media right. during that series. So the they're Warriors back and, and forth. So what what is John Morant now getting into it with Draymond about? Uh, John Morant just uh, wants that smoke. He wants to meet again. Uh, he want, every time they play in the regular season, he wants to you know, run. He wants to to run it back. Have another playoff matchup. John Morant just wants it. Okay. John Morant is coming like for everybody. WWE to me. All right, because we're almost running out of time. Let's get to number one there, Sam. Well, you mentioned WWE. That's a perfect transition. A report coming from Shams Tarani of the Athletic, Kyrie Irving, and the Brooklyn Nets. At an impasse with the June 29th deadline looming on on Kyrie's $36.9 million option. Kyrie expected to opt in and sign a max extension, but by all accounts, the Brooklyn Nets not interested in in an extension at the money that Kyrie Irving is going to demand. So for the next nine days, we're going to watch this play out with the two sides butting heads. And honestly... Good on the Brooklyn Nets. They're learning that you don't just give in to whatever the, whatever Kyrie wants when he's done nothing to earn it except being a giant pain in the butt. So, so, but what is their alternative to that? Uh, like, just I mean, you're they, they're going to be nailed with a, a a big price tag one way or the other unless they get rid of him for far less, right? Right. The 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 assumption is that Kyrie would opt in for the thirty-seven million dollars. He could also choose not to and be a free agent and try to get another long-term contract somewhere else. If if somebody if if, if he feels like it's a but a he has an, he has an, an agent and he himself isn't dumb. There's no way that his market value is anywhere near what the the Nets owe. No, it's as low as it's ever been. And uh, apparently the the Lakers 
are being tossed into this conversation a little bit just for our Laker fans out there? Because why not? You know, hey, we had we had a year where we brought every aging superstar together and missed the playoffs. Let's run that back. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna do Poor it. Darvin Ham. Nice work there, Sam. Nice work. All right. Uh, well, we do have. Uh, we are going back to Omaha. By the way, uh, the local broadcast there, uh, AM sixteen twenty, the zone. Those guys are doing one heck of a job, and I love hearing the local commercials. As we get to the the weekend, uh, Westwood One is going to have their own crew, but in the meantime, picking up the broadcast from those guys uh, that normally do Creighton baseball games, they do a heck of a job. And Plus, I've always wanted to find out where I could get insurance on uh, my corn farm and where, you know, the best, uh, you know, general store in town is in Omaha. You'll get those commercials as well. All right, you're listening to Team Talk. Thank you for listening to Team Talk. ESPN Radio 1017, the team.